Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the program. We are live from Blastoff Productions here in New York City. As always, you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate at this hour. The average Manhattan apartment price fell to $1.904 million in the third quarter this year, an 8% decline from the prior quarter and a 2% less than a year ago, according to Halstead's third quarter uh, 2018 market report. This is the third straight quarter. The number of sales posted a double-digit decline. The average co-op sales fell about 5% over the past year to $1.3 million. The average condo price, though, was virtually unchanged in Manhattan compared to the third quarter of 2017. Also at this hour, we are in a market where the buyer can truly leverage their power to exert their influence and control over a transaction. However, it's also important to recognize that it's sometimes, if something rather is well-priced, it will still play off the shelf. The more competitive a property, the less likely you can be in control as the buyer. Look for signals to see how negotiable a seller might be and work with your broker to present a competitive offer that will still make it uh, a good deal for you. That is always easier said than done, but we'll break it down. The panel is here for the full hour, but first I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I am Vince Rocco, your host, and you are listening to Good Morning New York uh, Real Estate. In the news this morning, Anthony Bourdain's Upper East Side apartment was just listed for $3.7 million. The late TV chef's five-bedroom apartment on East 94th Street listed by Stribling is in Carnegie Hill Tower and has both a full-time doorman and concierge service. There's a chef's kitchen, of course, with high-end appliances, including a six-burner stove, double oven range, sub-zero refrigerator, freezer, and granite countertops. And for cleanup, of course, there's a dishwasher. The building also features a garage, terrace garden, exercise room, and private storage. Bourdain uh, purchased the apartment with his wife in 2014. They purchased it for $3.35 million, this according to the Wall Street Journal. Bourdain, 61, committed suicide in June in a French hotel room where he had begun uh, working on his last episodes of his TV show, CNN's Parts Unknown. His death rocked the food and entertainment industry and prompted fans to flock to his former restaurants and special tributes. CNN's Parts Unknown, the final episodes, are currently airing now on Sunday evenings. Hey, let's shout out today. Congrats to New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees. Last night he broke a record. Do we know what the record is? Most uh, Passing yards ever. Passing, passing yards passing. ever. 62, <laughs> 62 yard strike, right? To his receiver. Wow. To lead the Saints to a win 43-19 over the Redskins. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm a big football fan, but I don't watch it that closely. But when that came across my newsfeed this morning, I thought, wow, isn't that Shout something? Breaking records yeah. is really uh, terrific, absolutely. right? Friend of the show. Some good news. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I put it on and I turned it off and I put it on and I turned it off and God knows what else I was doing, but I didn't watch it. So there you go. Congratulations, Drew Brees. All right. So let's get at it. The average Manhattan price fell today uh, to $1.9 million in the third quarter, an 8% uh, 8% decline from prior quarter and 2% less than the year ago. Uh, the average co-op sale price fell 5%, as we said before. The average condo price was virtually untouched. And that's kind of interesting. And I want to kind of break that down a little bit. Sellers who cannot part with their sky-high expectations keep slowing down apartment sales in Manhattan. So, question to everybody. Why won't they lower prices? Because if they do, maybe the market moves a little better. Maybe it gets you know a little more kick. But stubborn sellers, as this report is saying, they're not budging what's happening for some of them they bought at a time that lowering their prices is going to mean they're going to take a loss no one wants that you don't want to think you made a bad investment in gasp new york city real estate but i'm sorry i just have to say we're talking oh no the price slipped to 1.9 million i mean can we (laughs) we realize that please i mean my goodness poor new york that's crazy numbers listen i had a broker call me a broker friend of mine called me from westchester yesterday and she said i i have an opportunity for you and i thought okay in westchester whatever so she says, um, I have this condo, and I'm putting it on the market for sale, and I'm hoping that you have some buyers for it. And she's going on and on and explaining all of the, the details and all of the features and functions. 
And so I said, okay, so Judy, what is the price? You know, just so I have an idea. And by the way, when we finish this conversation, please send me an email with, you know, the pictures and, and whatever else. They don't do floor plans out of New York City. So I said, okay. They don't. No. no. They don't. They don't. They, they do in Miami. They, they, they don't. don't. And it's, uh, it's annoying sometimes because you're looking at houses, as I am currently with my sister, and it's like, I, I keep saying, but where's the floor plan? Yeah. Because we're so exactly. floor plan oriented. I'm with you on that. Anyway, the broker says to me, the price is $124,900. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow, you can still get a condo for that. A deal is a deal is a deal. Yeah. And I just have a deal for you. I kind of froze and she said, Vince, are you there? And I said, (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I have that in my pocket. I said, Judy, we sell garages in Manhattan for a lot more than $124,000. Yeah. yeah. This place is 850 square feet. And she sent me the pictures afterwards. So I hung up and I thought, Uh Are you buying? You know, let's talk about location. Exactly. (laughs) Mount Kisco, it's not a bad place. It's walking distance to the train. Wow. So here we complain about $1.9 million. As Tracy said, not a bad bad number. But I mean, just think about less than 35 miles away. Price difference is remarkable. Huge, it's just yeah. out of It's under control. $146 a square foot. That's crazy. <laughs> That's I won't pay 1980s prices. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. All right, so condominiums, they continue to account for an increasing share of resale closings, 37%, right, of the mm-hmm. overall closings in third quarter, which brought the average resale price for all apartments up slightly from a year ago. But yet the prices have been unchanged in the condo market from a year ago, 2017. Why? Well, I think it's important to remember also that with the flood of new developments, a lot of that pricing is, um, dare I use it, skewed. I like that word better than the one I was going to use. Thank (laughs) you. Uh, Yeah, so it it skews it somewhat. And um, I think we have to keep that in uh, in mind when we look at those uh, numbers. But I think condos are very um, attractive to purchasers because they feel they're getting the best of real property, the best of a co-op, because co-ops typically hold their value better than any other um, property. In and according to this, uh, to, to our report, it says that the co-op resales average price fell 4% from a year ago. Which right? is remarkable. Which is remarkable. We needed a correction, though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I mean, been it, part of a long correction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like it's a two-year correction. Yeah. Well, I woke up this morning thinking about, okay, so it's radio day, so I'm getting up at, you know, six o'clock and it's like way too early for me. And I'm thinking, yeah. all right, so... One of the things I thought about was, well, so we are in a correction, and we are in a very long correction, as Sean um, just mentioned. But, uh, you know, and we, we've batted this around for many weeks on the show, but why? What's taking so long to climb out of whatever correction we seem to be in? I, it's It gets a little frustrating sometimes when you're talking to buyers and sellers as to, you know, when they ask you your expert mm-hmm. advice, why are we it's still like in a real estate crystal ball? I think, I think uh, the, supply, the amount of supply coming on Absolutely. the market is, is a big factor. Tax legislation is one, and then increasing interest rates is another. Mm-hmm. Which we're nearing 5%, I understand, coming up in in the like, very, very near future. But however... 3%, like, mm-hmm. what is 3% just like two years ago? Now yeah. it's 5%. But That's people, the biggest increase. Yes. That, okay, but my first years. mortgage was 17 and three quarter percent. Thank May you, I so just share that? So was mine. So was mine. And when it went down to 12, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to She did. There's also so much noise in our industry. We're hearing so much noise. And I mean, people don't, people need a clear story in order to buy. And I think that people need to understand better. They need a guide. They need somebody to help them through this information. And I think all that noise causes confusion and a little bit of a There's a lot of noise and a lot of, uh, you know, perception is, is definitely a big driver of our market. But I think one of the stories you can tell prospective buyer in this market who's going to receive a discount on whatever they buy is that building permits are also at like a three or four year low. Right. So we're way off the high of our building permits. And Mm -hmm. so you can scoop a discount now and then you're going to be in a uh, supply starved market in a few years from now. Yeah. It's Econ 101. Supply mm-hmm. is greater than demand. But as yes. uh, Sean just pointed out, Northern Sean just pointed out, um, <laughs> you know, there is in the next few years, we do anticipate if, you know, they're talking about population increases for New York. I forget the number it's meant to hit in 2020. There's not going to be the housing to support that. And there aren't the new developments that are in the pipeline. So it's going to be the same cycle over again. All right, we have to leave it there supply. and take a break. We'll be back. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back after these messages with the panel. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, 
VoiceAmerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Director of Sales from Brooklyn and Beth Kugel, Senior Director of Sales, and Anna Shagalov from Halstead Real Estate. <laughs> so we are all here right now. All right. So as we said, the market is a little cuckoo, but we are entering a market where the buyer can truly leverage their power to exert their influence and control over a transaction. However, it's also important to recognize that if something is well-priced, it's still going to move and it's going to move very quickly and, as we say, fly off the market show. The more competitive a property, though, the less likely you will be to retain your control as a buyer over the transaction. Look for signals to how to negotiate a seller, to be negotiate, to be more negotiable with a seller and present an offer that will still make it a good deal for you. You may be able to save tens of thousands of dollars or, or not. So, you know, how much, though, in, in these prices today, and I'm working with a buyer also uh, at the moment, uh, two buyers in particular, but one you know, how much, and the question is always like, how negotiable can we be here? And why is that so important? I mean, you know, something is priced at 3.5, let's just use an example of, or 2.5. And, and so everybody wants to know, how much can I get off this price versus in the old days, I love this apartment, this is really priced well. I think this space works for me. Now everybody walks into a space regardless of the, the, the purchase price tag and says, how much can I get off? I think research is key because you need to you need to see what else is on the market and how many days on the market. The things that we're looking at now versus when we used to comp things a couple of years ago is just different. How many days on the market? How many decreases? Um, talking to the the seller's broker, you know, have they had offers? What has the response been to those offers? Um, because as you said, not everything should be that negotiable because some people are actually on board with accurate pricing. And the ones that aren't, it's kind of glaringly obvious. So those are the sellers that just need to get their head around it and and figure it out. The problem is it's a kiss of death to sit there. And they're going to end up selling for less than if they... And what you said is valuable regarding talking to the broker because you can get a... Well, I don't want to say a crazy seller, but someone who has crazy numbers. And you can talk to the broker to broker and say, hey, listen, they've got it listed at this, but I know that they'll come here. This low number will start a conversation. Yeah. The thing is, is the the thing that I'm finding is that anything that's priced higher than it should be, the people aren't even going through the door. They're not inquiring at all. They're not even coming. And so it's not like come in and just make an offer. They're not there to make the offer. No, you have zero traffic. I'm selling right now something that has an overpriced unit above and only 12 (laughs) users on StreetEasy saved it, my unit, 40 
saved it. And it's yeah. and and my unit's actually been on slightly less time. Mm-hmm. So it's you know that's, that's, people are the tail of the market. The yeah. There's so much data overpriced. that people are looking exactly. at all this data, and they need us or they need someone mm-hmm. to be to their interpret. guide to sharpen yeah, things absolutely. for them, especially to kind of now, help them make a plan. Now. And especially now, that information just floods you, which yeah. is starts back to the they don't know what to they don't know what to make of it. They don't know how to make it. They want someone to make a plan. If you're lost in numbers, it's definitely good to find the seller's motivation. Absolutely. We, we just had a situation where um, our uh, buyer kept going up and another buyer kept going up, but neither buyer knew the other one was there, like old school. Mm-hmm. And then wow. both contracts went out. That's they had the both deposits, cool. and they kept bidding everyone up, even while the deposit funds were cashed wow. by both parties and then um, one oh person goodness. it, it was well <laughs> no really. it's it's not <laughs> yeah, pretty for really, anyone uh, unfortunately yeah, and no it's not pretty yeah. and and it really goes back to being you know transparent when you're whether exactly. no matter whom you're representing transparency um, yes. and Phil Hargan to, to get to your <laughs> to get to your original question, I have buyers who have asked me, what would you say, what percentage off would you say? And there's no I, percentage yeah. across no, the board. No, I haven't no. seen anything right 2% to new development in Brooklyn, literally 20%, but it was 6.25 million asking price. So we got it for 5 million cash. So fantastic discount and it needed to happen for that specific unit. But in general, I've seen things, maybe you're lucky if you get 1%, 2% off still right. if it is priced right. right. So there's no formula. Can I tell you exactly. a really interesting situation that I'm, I'm, I've been Thank in this you, business, Anna. I'm in my 18th year in this business. And this is the first time that I'm actually, I actually have a reverse bidding situation where I have a buyer who's interested in two new developments and both of those developments are coming at me and giving me their best offer to get this buyer to go their way. And they, and they both Smart. know that the other person Isn't is that there. Something? That's great though. And That's pretty it's, wild. it's a great situation. I mean, she's so confused and I'm like, you know, I've never seen this before. It's, You're a, it's, star. You know, it's a great, it's a great situation to be in, but, and then everybody, it's full disclosure all around. And well, that's what I was going to say too. I, I kind of agree with that because I think we've all have touched on that a little bit or, or about to touch on that. And what I find interesting is I'm learning so much in this, this current marketplace that I've never really known before, because we're asked, we're being asked to, to get involved in situations that maybe we've never been in before. It's an opportunity to sharpen your tools. It's really, anytime you have a correction for us, it ends up being a really, really unique opportunity. And if we take it, it's like you become a a real expert. And isn't that that what makes this business just so fun and so Mm -hmm. awesome? I mean, it's constantly changing. Every day's a school day. And I know we're talking. Every day's a school day. But putting your buyer's hats on for a minute. So we're talking about, you know, how much time it's been on the market, et cetera, et cetera. What about when a buyer, you see a buyer, as a buyer, you see the listing has changed agents from one agent to another. Is that an indication that? Confusion. Well, <laughs> unrealistic there's, seller. If there's a price change with it, then that means good news for well, buyers. Well, that's my point, yeah. right? That's so when, when there's a change in agent, eventually the price is going to change with that agent. It should be the second change or with third agent. agent. So yeah. right away, second, buyers yeah. think that there's an opportunity yeah. to come in at a new price with a new agent and potentially um, get even lower, even if they haven't seen it the first time with the first you know set of agents. And and we've seen a lot of flip flops, especially in new developments mm-hmm. these days, mm-hmm. from one agency to the other, when sure. developers and sellers also don't mm-hmm. necessarily understand it's not the agent's fault it's not the customer's fault uh, the, the agency's it's fault price. It's, it's always price always mm-hmm. the p word always, yeah. always, always yeah. the yeah. p word and yeah. changing brokers and huh the P word can be misconstrued. <laughs> yeah, hashtags. Yeah. Right. Hashtag real price. <laughs> the real estate P word. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the truth. Will, a seller will sometimes look to save face by changing a broker. Yes. So let's just say the initial broker has been saying yes. price, 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 price the whole time. Then that seller finds a way to save face and says, I'm going to change brokers. And, and then, then go in a different then, direction. Yeah, a right. different direction. It's, it's killer to that first broker. <laughs> right. It's and killer. That's, Trace, that's exactly the phrase. Like, I'm going to go in a different direction. Yeah. But it's yeah. the same <laughs> as being on the market forever. You're still yeah. on the market forever and it gives the same message I think to a buyer which is that oh they're changing brokers the price is reduced this has been on the market is the seller unreasonable is there something wrong with the apartment I think it's a little bit the same um, message as if just sitting with the same broker but I think there's a way of of kind of reading into that where you can see the sellers kind of been through the ringer a little bit they're and, ready to play and they're ready, ready to play yeah uh, 
Yeah. And, and got- I simplify their story. I mean, that's the thing. I think mm-hmm. people want to tell a story. And people, when you realize a story that resonates with you, it's a simple story. It's a story you understand, not a story that causes more confusion, not a story mm-hmm. that, com- yeah. that complicates much the situation. You want a straightforward mm-hmm. story where it just hit with so much information that I believe mm-hmm. the more the clearer you are and the clearer you can communicate that, the more confidence you give your buyer or your seller. Well, listen, you know, we've always talked on this show about, you know, your best your best uh, mm-hmm. trait, I think, is confidence. And Absolutely. if you can show that yes. to your buyers, they're really going to pick up on that and trust you. When someone says to me, can I do 8% off the selling price? And I say, mm, probably not going to fly. And so maybe they'll try <laughs> it. Depends on and the sometimes and maybe not. And then they say, okay, so then what do you think? And I say, well, I think we can maybe do a deal at this number. And then if we do do that deal, the buyer says, okay, so, you know, I kind of get it. Maybe they don't they don't want to go with that number, but they realize that anything less is not going to work. I mean, we, we're all in situations. Here, here's one, I think Sean Atterbury mentioned this before, recent area discounts, okay? So mm-hmm. you're looking at a whole neighborhood or a four or five block radius and you see what prices are for comparable apartments. I, I don't even like to use the word comps anymore, but for mm-hmm. like apartments. So if you are $100,000 more than a like apartment two blocks away in a comparable building, mm-hmm. you're not going to sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Gone are the days temporarily where you can say, well, this building gets a little more of a premium or this block has more no. trees and so it's prettier and mm-hmm. you're going to maybe get $50,000 more, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. We can't, we can't make those general assumptions anymore, I don't think. Everybody um, has that raw data and they compare it. Yeah. And no, nobody's that foolish. You can't hide that. And you Correct. go, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the smallest apartment and it's also the most expensive and it's not renovated. I'm also amazing yeah. views. No views. I'm yeah. also finding that you can comp. Sorry to use the word, but you can comp within a building now. There's sure, there's, there's enough like there's market. enough inventory within a building or enough history within a building that you. <coughs> it's like you can't go next door if you've got enough information within that building. It's going to be very interesting to see how when we shake out of this marketplace and in hopefully a couple of months and and so let's take it a year from now, looking back on where we've been the past two years, it's going to be interesting to see where the numbers are will be then and, and how we go back to look at these wonderful comps of the past two years. It might be a little drama, but, you know, because things have sold now for a little less than mm-hmm. they normally would have sold. What New Yorkers we'll always need to understand is that when there's when there's an up, there's a down, and when there's a down, there's an up. So just hang Absolutely. in there. And, and this exactly. straggle off, I love that I know, one. that's an up. <laughs> yeah, I'm full gonna, of and I'm out. Mic drop. That's I'm, a mic drop. I'm going to segue on that one because I like that one. <laughs> So, talking about Brooklyn, the L train shutdown between the Bedford Avenue station and the Manhattan stations uh, does not start until next April, but construction machinery all already clogs the streets outside the L train stop at the intersection of Bedford Avenue and North 7th Street. The North 7th Street block between Bedford and Driggs is closed to vehicular traffic for construction in the roadbed and will continue until 2019. Work is underway to make improvements on the bed Bedford Avenue Station, the current construction in the street and the looming th- this reminds me of the Second Avenue subway uh, yeah. often down the east side uh, for years and years and years. So how I mean what are we doing with this? I mean is it stopping people now from looking in Williamsburg or is it kind of like people saying, well, I, I don't have to take hesita- train. I think it's a slight hesitation and people New Yorkers are very resilient and they're willing to kind of go to other places, but I think it is it is causing a slight dip in prices, but uh-huh. I think it also offers opportunity to those who are knowledgeable. And I think that's what New York real estate is always done. It's offered opportunities to those who are really really thinking and uh, looking ahead to what the opportunity is going to be a few years down the line and I think it's going to be tremendous. Mm-hmm. Because Williamsburg will never go away. It will never not mm-hmm. be the fabulous it's neighborhood that it is now. Yep. There's, If you've wanted to get in there and you haven't been able to, yeah, now might be a great time, time to start looking and see. And then, and then there's the ferry and there are other things coming yeah. down the road that, mm-hmm. that will make that a little more little manageable. And, and, you know, and if you're into biking, you can It was once considered an emerging <laughs> neighborhood <laughs> and now people are kind of uh, panicking because we're seeing this slight blip because of transportation being a little bit more difficult. But that's all we're seeing. That's all we're seeing. But also the temporary point it's temporary but, but for the manhattan people but you have to keep uh, uh always understand that the, not everybody commutes into manhattan to go to work Absolutely. so people who live in, in Williamsburg who need the l train going the other way that's still going to work and that's mm-hmm. still going to be there and you're still going to be able to do what you need to do so getting around the borough of brooklyn should be fine it's just temporarily until we G- fix everything 
And right. The it, G train is a fabulous. I know no one else loves that train, but I, I love that it's train. It's gotten better. It's gotten what better. do you love about the G train? I love that I can go to <laughs> I don't even know the City. G train. I can get to Greenpoint. I can get like three blocks from my home. I can get to so many of my own. I didn't know another place besides Greenpoint, actually. So, okay. Yeah. It's a school day. Thank you. It's a great train. I think service will improve too. And I think you should start looking at property along the G line. I've been saying that for years. People who aren't are making a big mistake. That's going to happen because I think when one closes and the other one is still around, you know, it forces people to kind of do maybe what they didn't think about doing in the past. And so I think people will just migrate over to uh, the G line anyway. I have to share my G train story. Are we out? Go, 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 go. Um, So (laughs) this is probably 12, 13 years ago. I'm there asking as a very nice subway cop to make sure I was going the right direction to get back to Manhattan. Uh He goes, yes, miss, this way. And then he goes, oh, and you might want to turn your ring around. It's not a big ring. It's not real sparkly, but I was uh-huh. like, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> it's not a big so ring. So bling Thanks. isn't going to work on the G train? Is that <laughs> no, what it is? That's well, no, it's a different, the different, world. It's different know, world. Right. If <laughs> I got on the G train, I'd be afraid I'd end up in Georgia. That's how much I love the G train. <laughs> we have to take a break. We're live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. <laughs> Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back. We're here with Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagaloff, Halstead, Sean McPeak, Halstead, Bill Horgan, leasebreak.com, Freely, Sean Atterbury from CORE, Noah Kaplan from Nest Seekers International, and Trish Martin and Beth Kugel from Halstead, Brooklyn. Welcome back, everybody. All right, so this may come as a shock to you, but people in Manhattan offer have a better-than-you attitude, okay? When Hoboken's own... Well, wait a minute. It gets even better. So when Hoboken's Frank Sinatra belted out, I'm king of the hill, top of the heap, whatever he used to say, he wasn't singing about Jackson Heights, right? (laughs) The holier-than-thou divide between Manhattanites and the outer boroughs residents has shaped New York City's social life since the 18th century Knickerbockers. Most people are living on the outside looking in, but some people want in and some get in. The phrase bridge and tunnel, okay, this is where we're going, going is thought to have first appeared in the New York Times story a long time ago when a reporter recounts a well-attended, well-pedigreed party at a beautiful townhouse on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. The author noted 80 or so people were in attendance, but according to one guest, one guest, all of New York is here, meaning all of the New York elite is here. Later in the article, the bridge and tunnel term is attributed to Brooklyn-born party-goer Steve Rebell, one of the founders of the legendary Studio 54 nightclub. So I was bridge and tunnel going the other way then back in those days. Uh, most infamous for its long lines of people hoping to be picked and allowed to get into the club. I remember. That was a kick. <laughs> so do I. I, I but, Sometimes. But guess, I always got in. Huh. I always got in. Anyway, on the weekends, we all get the bridge and tunnel people who try to get in, he said. 
So I still use the phrase bridge and tunnel. So I want to know from everybody here, and I don't mean it in a derogatory way, and I don't even mean it for the boroughs, and I'm going to explain what I meant by that. I, when I use the, the term bridge and tunnel, I'm talking New, uh, New Jersey, Long uh, Island, Long Connecticut, Island, Connecticut yeah. Westchester, Definitely. people from literally, you know, the outer, you know, uh, Manhattan area. So saying Brooklyn term is New York City. Yeah, I mean, no, Brooklyn yeah, is New York City. That's, why, that's why I don't, I don't use the term away. for that because, look, I go to Brooklyn, they come to, to New York. It, it is what it is. But the, the people who really come over bridges and tunnels to get into the Manhattan. The true bridge and tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why, the question is, why are people still annoyed, Manhattanites still annoyed with the bridge and tunnel crowd who crowd all of our restaurants downtown on the weekends when you're trying to get out for dinner and brunch and lunch and whatever else and you can't Just get in. answered your own question. <laughs> but I don't so think, I mean, during the week too. <laughs> but if, if you're a business owner, the bridge and tunnel crowd is your bread yes. and butter. Well, they, love, they love it. Sometimes the bridge and tunnel crowd puts our kids through college because yes. you know they're buying an apartment in Manhattan eventually or you know you can also sure. stay away from those areas that are bridge and tunnel crowded, like meatpacking and, you know, oh. I mean, who goes to meatpacking anymore? I was going to say, I hate the idea Dare that I we say. stay away from them because I, I grew up in Manhattan, became a Brooklynite, and now I'm a bridge and tunnel person myself. <laughs> so I hate the idea of not embracing I the opportunity through. to kind of uh, let our boundaries continue to grow. I get the heebie-jeebies yeah. just driving through the meatpacking district. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Let, let's be real. I think it was a year ago there was some article in the Times that were labeling the Manhattanites the bridge and tunnel crowd who were flocking to Brooklyn on the yes. weekends, right? right? So you know it That's goes both happening. ways now. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's kind of interesting because when you're shopping around with buyers out there wanting to Buy in a particular neighborhood. Espada always comes up when we're talking about the West Village, at least in my and my. Now I'm visit. dating myself. This goes back to the Sex and the City days. The scrunchie. That girl came from New Jersey. There's not a Manhattanite that has a scrunchie that's out and about on a Saturday <laughs> night. Scrunchies that back. was the. I, I should not. Scrunchies are back. But that's are a are. crowd. But I'm, I'm wearing one right now. If we were not on the radio, you'd see it. <laughs> this is true. You wear well. But 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 people do say. But it, there are a lot of tourists in this neighborhood. And again, especially when I'm selling in the in the you know West showing in the West uh, mm. Village area and I'm like no of course there's not a lot of tourists down here you know you <laughs> right. have to just always right. be mindful of the day it is if it's you know brunch on a Sunday but let's not forget that apart from Wall Street those tourists really those people coming in drive our economy yeah. 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 they put our children come on, come on. Come and, see it for and I say come and see how wonderful we are you know I remember people walking around clutching their purses close yeah. to themselves because they were contact and they don't in every corner you know they really they really don't and I say come on in you know that's great because my restaurant will be open on Tuesday when I want to go because you've been there all weekend. Right. right. Exactly. exactly. I never go out on the weekends. We we mm-hmm. learn when to go out and do things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When it's calm and quiet and early in the morning. Early in the morning. Early in the morning. Like early morning. Early. Empty early. movie set and you yes. can go anywhere Beautiful. you want. The best. Meatpacking yeah. District yeah. at 8.30 on a I long went, weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to the movies oh, yesterday sure. at yeah. 12.50 with the, the show start at 12.50. I mean, the theater was half empty. It was quiet. There was no crowd in and out. Yes, we did. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. Oscar for Gaga and Absolutely. I'm, I'm seeing it Thursday. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, amazing. Run, run, run. And bring run, tissues run. and <laughs> just let yourself go. That's my next it's, date night. I'm going to do a whole show on A Star is Born. Have you I seen have. the original? Oh, come back. Any of the original? I've seen all of the originals. Yes, yeah, okay, so I've seen all of them. To, yeah. I've sure. seen all of them, but I have to tell you something. As much as I love Streisand and, and, and whatever. I, Judy, I, Judy Garland. Oh, Judy Garland. Uh, but, yeah. but This one was. This one. Amazing. Phenomenal. It hit I have chills. multiple home you runs. Sh- I had chills hours. throughout the yeah. movies. I mean, every <laughs> once in a while, I would just get I chills. went in Yay. thinking, oh, you know, Great it's two movie. hours and 15 minutes. You know, my, was it? I didn't even feel my like ADD it. is yeah. going to start oh, kicking that. in, and I don't even have oh, ADD. I, love that. I, love <laughs> I heard Bradley Cooper can sing. He can oh, sing. I saw him on The Elephant Man. The guy has talent. He's not just a Honey, that boy can do anything, including direct. Yes, he can. Anyway, back to real estate. Which maybe, you know, Gaga and Bradley will. Right, please call in. Go, anybody out there listening, to Gaga and Bradley Cooper. This is Tracy <laughs> Bradley. <laughs> Go and see the movie and come and talk to us in the studio if you'd like to. We'd be happy to have you. Anyway, back Imagine to the crowd in here. Back to real estate. <laughs> or call in right now, please. Please, please, send, please send this podcast to his publicist. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about new developments. According to Steve, <laughs> <laughs> according to Steve, new Clayton, developments about Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that was Anna. <laughs> now, if he were selling a new development, you. you'd be first online to look at that, right? He just uh, bought right a townhouse, I think. Right? I would be. You'd be behind me. That's right. Bradley <laughs> Cooper did. I don't actually just bought a townhouse. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes. That's right. He certainly uh-huh. did. A small one too, I heard. It's not a not a very big one. Well, you know, size, a million or something? size, Vince. <laughs> size. See, it is all about Moving real estate. <laughs> Even Bradley yeah, Cooper buys real estate in New York City. So <laughs> it's not small; it's cute. <laughs> Back to the president of Halstead New Development, Steve Wigman, <laughs> who's also cute. He says, and I quote: "I have overseen sales and marketing for more than 300 new development projects, totaling over wow. 10,000 residents." Over the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. Wow, I didn't think that. Okay, and I've found that everyone from the first-time buyers to seasoned homeowners needs an education on the nuances of buying new development. And the point of this whole whole conversation is resale is resale, new development is new development. And today, new development is totally underscored in new development. He says, here are the five tips to get you started. Understand the timeline. I think what Mm -hmm. happens all the time is when you're out there selling new development to people, their expectation is incorrect. How do we explain the timeline to our customers? And that it's not even a real timeline. It could change. Yeah, it's yeah, arbitrary. Six months there are so exactly many cooks exactly. involved yeah. in the process. Yeah. So Including many, city, and it does in change. Yeah. general, you can't control One filing thing. It's right. an extra six weeks. You know, oh. one little change. One or, elevator inspection and the TCO is held up for, <laughs> yeah. you know, three months Definitely, and you can't do a closing, it. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, move-in date of the property, which means that you, you can plan on a date, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. And, and nine times out of ten, as Sean just said, you know, that that's a moving target and you just never know. Number two, not all construction is created equal. Ooh. Right. Oh, yeah. Sure. Good time. You might look at something that's completely finished. You might look at something that's still a hole in the ground and you're buying off of a floor plan in a sales office. Or you could look at something that's completely in between. You know, you're stepping over construction workers as you're trying to sell buildings. That happened to me last year when I took on the project that I have. Uh, For the first four months, we still had construction craziness going on Mm -hmm. in the building. The elevators are working, but every time you turned around, something was damaged. Something was falling apart. Mm -hmm. Something was leaking. Something was whatever. It's not all created equal, and I think what you need to do when you're talking to people who want to buy new construction is to set the expectation correct. It's absolutely so – it's like the sun, the moon, and the star is different than anything else you're going to buy in this town. Do your homework. Make sure that the developer has done some buildings before in the past in the city so you have something to kind of bank on by way of, well, has he gotten in trouble before? Has he been sued before? Has he not been – once again, it's critical uh, to give your buyer a plan and to understand what you're um, talking to them about so that they have accurate expectations. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, first, the first thing is knowing the developers and knowing their reputations and knowing the quality that they are known for because there are so many mm. developments that are coming up that are going to have just years of um, lawsuits. What's the word I'm looking for? Mm. The um, latent defects. defects. Oh, oh yeah. latent defects. Exactly. Uh. Exactly. Yeah. However, I will say there sometimes that the first-time developers, they really want to make their mark. This is their flagship. They want to yeah, start those with are, Those are actually really good um, I think they're talking before yeah. House, H-U-Y-S, at 400 Park Avenue South. Mm-hmm. Amazing, beautiful, mm-hmm. such high quality, and it really set the standard. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes first-time developers can get it out of the park the first time. The next one is what you see may not be what you get. How many times have you sold something off of a floor plan and I've done that and then the building is finished and the clients come in to see it for the first time really when there's a walkthrough just before closing and they look at you and say, uh, this is not what I bought. In most yeah. purchase agreements and offering plans, there can be a 15% variance in the floor plan. Who yeah, reads? Construction. Who mm. reads? So that's you managing <clears throat> your buyer's expectations. Managing your buyers should read. The they should read it yeah. and they should and under- yeah. and understanding that if they're looking at a model of a, let's say, a three be- what would be a three-bedroom in the studio, it's not going to be the same kitchen. It's not going to be the same size appliance. It's not going to be the same refrigerator, possibly not even the same brand. And the scale is right. not necessarily going to... And in the offering yeah. plan, the developer... Reserves the right to make these changes. The so same or be equal. aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's again simplifying the conversation for your buyer. And if you simplify the conversation for your buyer, they have accurate expectations. And, this, and the transaction is so much more smooth. But I think the buyer's attorney is also critical here because oh, we've wow. seen instances yes, where the, yes. the buyer either uses a an out-of-state attorney <laughs> or they use an attorney who just <laughs> sort of... 90 years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> and their uncles, mothers, brothers, brothers, right. sister. <laughs> and so um, I don't read emails. Right? Send it to me via fax. Oh, <laughs> Wait, how about hand deliver? Hand Some of deliver. them like hand deliver the offering plan. Really? Anyway, um, but they don't thoroughly read and they don't guide their buyers, and then and then a mess. And then it falls back on us. It falls Setting back up on expectations us. from the get go solves a lot. If you can say, hey, listen, yeah. this is an exciting process, but I want to tell you, you know, there are certain mm-hmm. things you need to be aware of. Yeah. 
going it's like setting it. people up for a board package. Mm-hmm. Yes. They need yeah. to know. By the way, you're buying a co-op. Into. You're going to basically have yeah. to take your clothes Doesn't off in front of those people. <laughs> well, I always say you've got and to like, turn around. Got to but then if you do that, you're probably not going to get approved. See the turn your head and cough. You've got to undress and get naked in front of the board. I've said that for years on this program. The other day, I was filming Thousand Dollar Listing, and one of the guys in the house was the nudist. <laughs> okay. That's so are, I get, yeah. you, how's, the, how's what's the production uh, level? Are we blurring that or what? Are you yeah. capturing that on your Unfortunately, show? Unfortunately, yeah. he, he wouldn't let us film him. <laughs> but did you want to film I mean, him? You have people that like to take yeah, you, okay. you want to suffer no, no, not the bodies you want to see. Yeah, no, no, I would blur it's him. usually put he's a movie actually, on. He's actually pretty naked, man. Wait, did you did you have to get nude to show the apartment? I'm sorry. Did you have to get a nude to be in the apartment? I, I, I. That's no. a yes. <laughs> so clearly, we can't you, just you say delay too long. Just keyword can mean something. Well, else. A real nude right? colony, exactly But what he was going to say is, okay, probably if I had to, I you got to yeah. do what you got to do to make exactly. a show, right? Okay. Yeah. We got thirty seconds left. Noah. The okay. last two budget for additional closing costs. Make sure your uh, your buyers understand mm. the the budgets uh, for closing costs. They are going to change. And the last one is check the house rules by the bylaws. If you're buying a new development, it's very exciting, but it could also be nerve-wracking due to the many nuances and potential unknowns as to the finished product and what it will actually look like. Just read is the the, the, the key there. Read your book. Read the offering plan. We have to take a break, but we will be right back. <laughs> The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their product. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with Tracy Hammersley, Anna Shagaloff, Sean McPeak, Phil Horrigan, Sean Atterbury, Noah Kaplan, Trish Martin, and Beth Kugel. All right, so there is a big difference between what is a street fair and what is a block party. Takes the San Gennaro Festival, for, for example, and it's the endless sausage and pepper vendors. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that the so only good. reason you go to that festival is to eat the sausage the and pepper? Sausage. And the Zeppelin. Yes. Oh, my God. Of Zeppelin. course. Zeppelin with powdered oh, sugar on top. So good. I grew up on you know. that. All right, so uh, one feels like an uh, impenetrable and soulless tourist <laughs> attraction, while others feel more intimate grassroots it's a more mm-hmm. grassroots affair organized solely by and for a small community of neighbors in a city where backyards and front lawns are few and far between a block party offers a rare opportunity for neighbors to gather and for parents to let their kids run loose block parties bring 
out the old timers too. They preside from their stoops. I think that's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Comparing years of residence, mm-hmm. right? And the neighbors uh, come and go, but but people who stay love. <clears throat> so I was going to ask you guys uh, who work in Brooklyn and live in Brooklyn. We don't really see very. We see too many street fairs, but we don't see any block parties. And I think that is an unbelievable thing that we should see all over the New York City. Well, I live in Carroll Gardens and blocks are closed right from uh, spring, right through the fall. Different blocks have, uh, you know, an agreement to close the park, close the for street, block parties. and they have like all sorts street, of like an rides and food and everything else, and it's closed all day long. There's signs for days and days and days, mm-hmm. and they close it, and it's just um, an area party. And it's the same in in Park Slope and many other neighbors in um, Brooklyn, in the many other mm-hmm. neighborhoods in Brooklyn. And the thing is, there's a real difference. A street fair is a, is generating income for the Chamber of Commerce right, right, for them to right. put back it's into the neighborhood. It's a big corporation, pretty it much. It is, and the block party is an intimate neighborly focused event and while they, there are so many of them now there are not nearly as many as there used to be because oh. I think the, the people that generate that the people that are into that the people that do that are sort of you know getting past that point where um, where they're doing it they're not into it anymore and the new neighbors <clears> come in and there is on uh, 4th Street between uh, 8th Avenue and Prospect Park West okay. they've got one of the longest running block parties and they do it every year and they have this weird statue that goes to the contest winner of the balloon <laughs> water balloon toss off and it's been rotating for years and years and years but I don't think they're as as um they're not as many as there used to be anymore and it's really too bad you and the street fair is taking I think it away I would mm-hmm. like to see an ordinance that shuts down street fairs unless it's <coughs> unless they are held by brick and mortar stores within like a three Block That'd radius. Be great, right? Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. Because yes. it, 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 it takes it away. Traffic, they're just, yes. And they're selling sweatshop products yeah. and $9 lemonades. Or just have designated yes. areas. I like do like the trees. Because I get my trees yeah. are men there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't hate all street fair. The problem with street fair is it's the same stuff block after block after block. And it's a corporation. In the beginning of the summer, you think. Absolutely. In the beginning of the summer, it's exciting because it's the start of the summer season and you get to go to a street fair. After the second one, you're like, okay, over this and I got to do another four months of all this nonsense right. open house Sunday oh my right, god yeah, trying to cross town yeah, running yes, all over the yeah, place yeah. right awful it's Ma- just Manhattan. I live in such a large than any other oh, sorry no go ahead I, <laughs> I live in such a big co-op that um, we actually do have street type parties often within our co-op yeah and Hester Street Fair we we often kind of incorporate that so um, for us I mean I kind of feel like we have them all the time I mean, because just think about how many people Hashtag live Seward Park. <laughs> that's right. How how many people live in Manhattan or or in any of the boroughs, and you live in buildings and you don't even know your neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's an opportunity maybe to get to know your neighbors. I mean, I, there's one neighbor on my floor that I see maybe once a year, and I wouldn't remember that person if you know he or she were in the elevator. I was with say me, that was probably. the best thing about moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn. It's community. Really? I mean, we have yes. community right. hands down. Parties, we have community and people. block parties, and just the sense of mm-hmm. uh, you live in an area that is very residential, and you see the mm-hmm. same people all the time, and the and same, merchants. same merchants. Lower East Side is very shops. similar. Lower yeah. East Side is, yeah. I would, totally. I, I dare to say the Lower East Side has become an extension of Brooklyn. Yeah. I think so. You would think it would be the other way around. You could walk over the bridge, right? No, I think so. Bold statement. I know. I don't. I don't. I think I'm. I'm opening up a can of worms there. But. She's willing them, the people to come walk over the bridge and. It's and just, just the, well, the community is is very similar to what Beth just described. I think yeah. it's wonderful, and it's um, it's very, it's it's a very supportive, wonderful place to live. So, may I share one quick thing? Absolutely. In my neighborhood, when I first went there, and I would go into the local bodega, the the guy there said, "Are you paying today, or am I putting it on your card?" Yeah. And I would say, "Oh no, of course I'm paying today." And um, that same bodega is there, and some of the people that were living there when I moved there t- too many years ago to say on the air, <laughs> still keeps those cards for the people that have been there forever that maybe oh, can't pay that. that they he knows on the fifteenth they can, and that's what New it's York amazing. is like, right? That's mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Oh, that's our that. our city. And that's wow. and I miss that because I grew up in the suburbs and it was yes. a lot more of that, you know, than I, I find here in Manhattan. Although through the years, it's kind of softened up yes. just a little bit. You but make well, relationships he, with your local he, he, shoe Oh, makes it up for the new people. Yes, exactly. My local, bodega, my local bodega owner constantly, every time I go in there, I'm like, oh, he's here again. All he wants to talk about is real estate. I mean, he's a great guy. I've known him for 15 years, whatever. No, what am I saying? Yeah, Does he 15 send years. clients here Careful, what if he's listening? No. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this is one of the plugs I have to make for Brooklyn because 
we have still have so many emerging neighborhoods and we have that sense of community. And this is one of the reasons why, although prices have dipped in so many areas, we still have prices in certain areas that continue to rise, which is so unique about Brooklyn because we still continue to have these amazing emerging neighborhoods with Mm -hmm. communities that are rich and people really, really are attracted, even if you have to push out a little bit further. Yeah, and then. let's They're face it, Brooklyn is still on fire. Take that G train. I mean, it's still <laughs> well, it pushes out block by block. Exactly. Every mm-hmm. every year, there's another you new know, neighborhood. Another yeah. new neighborhood. Let's talk about the rental market for a while. Uh, more apartments are sitting vacant uh, last month as landlords eased off discounts and sought to raise rents. A mismatch, atypical of the summer <laughs> season. So all of the the specials are going away. The rents are going up. So apartments are sitting. The brokerages. Last market analysis, which was released last Thursday, noted that 1.34% of its rental listings in Manhattan were vacant, up from 1.32% in June. What's the rental market all about these days? I mean, is it robust? Is it flat? Like I think the it, like, market? it was. I'm sorry. I was just, I said, it seems like you know, if you back up a little bit, it was pretty bad coming into the mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. yeah. I think we and then maybe there was a little bit of like a uptick yeah. in the summer which is always happens. traditional right mm-hmm. which kind of traditional well but yeah now we're headed i mean now it's uh october we're so find out, my, right? we're gonna find out exactly it's a little too early I, to tell I, I was with a developer on thursday and he and his opinion is that uh the rental market bottomed out in 2017 out of, uh, out of this correction we've been kind of alluding to and that uh he thinks that's going to be a lot stronger from now on uh i'm I agreeing with that six, sort of, but i'm still six thousand units coming on Mm-hmm. I mean, 6, and all the new development that was bought by investors who have flooded the rental market with this trying new to rent high them. end. That's still got to be careful. Right. You still got to be careful bringing one of those to market because there and, are a lot of coming to market. Yeah. And don't forget that because the sales market is weak now, all else being equal, that would not mean that the rental market would be strong. You know, mm-hmm. generally, if the sales market's really, really yeah, strong, the correlation isn't there. As much with as the, the, with right. the rising interest rates, the rental market will get stronger. Correct. Right. Well, hey, I hope your developer <laughs> client's correct. We'll find out. (laughs) Are people, though, still kind of, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week, though, but are people still sort of debating between should I continue to rent, should I rent, period, or should I buy, or where is the feeling right now as to buy versus rent? Two minute, one minute. I mean, it's an individual, though. You, you, you can't, um, some people have the funds to do it. I think we, we live in a world of individuals, so each situation is, is unique and different. It would be nice if everyone had the cash to say, all right, now's the time. Now I'm going to sink my $1 million into it. I, I mean, I've renegotiated a bunch of leases. When you have someone you know, renting for like 15000 a month or above, I mean, it really just becomes, is it the right time? It's right. not a matter of the money. Yeah. The money's right. there. Although yeah. I will say that just in the past month, I have had more people come to me saying, oh, I could rent or I could buy. And that's been atypical from what I'm used to. Right. So people are weighing their that's, options. That's really it comes back happening. to information. And, and we, as in our industry, must have to really um, communicate the information so succinctly so that we can have... Guide our guide our folks. I agree. Anyway, so, sorry, we're out of time. That's it for me. That's our show for today. Thanks to my guest and panel, as always. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And Confucius says, uh, choose a job that you like, and you will never have to work a day in your life. Be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America, all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye, everybody. Bye. Everyone. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.